I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I need to jump right into this segment. No time to dawdle. There were there was an event yesterday that was taking place right in the middle uh, of the event which ultimately shut down proceedings when uh, those marauders, when the insurrectionists, uh, some have called them protesters. I think that word uh, is too soft. Uh, but when those individuals, when they stormed the Capitol building and took uh, possession of the floors of the two respective chambers of Congress, uh, something very important was going on. Uh, it was a constitutionally defined responsibility borne by Congress to uh, open and count uh, and accept the counting of the votes cast by the Electoral College uh, members, those electors uh, designated by each of the various 50 states. Well, right in the middle of that is when uh, everything broke loose and the pause button was pushed. That did not interrupt the need to complete the important work that had begun in the morning. It did, in fact, resume. And when it did, uh, all attention was on the Senate. There were whisperings early that during those six hours or so when the proceedings were halted to handle the protesters and the invaders uh, in the Capitol building, there were rumors emerging uh, stemming from conversations between members of the Senate specifically, that maybe uh, attitudes had softened. There were a number of senators who earlier in the day and week had telegraphed their intention to to support objections made in the House, thus satisfying a requirement uh, for debate. Anyway, uh, while as As the debate, which started earlier in the day, was completed late in the night, a number of senators took to the microphone and said some some very important words, some very impactful words. And in all of this uh, in all of this mess in all of this chaos and confusion, I don't want their words uh, to to go unheard. They happened late in the night, uh, but I want you to hear them and we'll take advantage of the next uh, how many minutes we have here. Uh, About six or seven or so so that you can hear what was said. We'll start off. With Utah's own Senator Mike Lee. The time I prepared my remarks for today seems like a lifetime ago. A lot's changed in the last few hours. And so I'm going to deliver some of the same remarks, but it has a little bit of a different feel than it would have just a few hours ago. My thoughts and prayers go out to the family members of those who have been injured or killed today. My heartfelt gratitude goes out to the Capitol Hill police who valiantly defended our building and our lives. Well, it's true that legitimate concerns have been raised with regard to how some of the key battleground states conducted their presidential elections. This is not the end of the story. We each have to remember that we've sworn an oath to uphold, protect, and defend this document, written nearly two and a half centuries ago by wise men raised up by God to that very purpose. That document makes clear what our role is and what it isn't. 
it makes clear who does what when it comes to deciding presidential elections. You see, because in our system of government, presidents are not directly elected. They're chosen by presidential electors. And the Constitution makes very clear under Article 2, Section 1, that the states shall appoint presidential electors according to procedures that their legislatures develop. Then comes the 12th Amendment. It explains what we're doing here today in the Capitol. It explains that the President of the Senate, the Vice President of the United States, shall open the ballots and the votes shall then be counted. It's those words that confine, define, and constrain every scrap of authority that we have in this process. Our job is to open and then count. Open, then count. That's it. That's all there is. Now, there are, of course, rare instances. instances we'll step away from those comments there now, but uh, you heard the senator there say that the responsibility borne by he and the other elected legislators was to open and then count. That ultimately led him to, uh, to vote against the objections which had been raised. Now, I, I know that he faced a, a immense pressure to do otherwise. I know that many uh, of our legislators faced immense pressure to do otherwise. But returning to the source documents and understanding precisely the responsibility as a member of Congress, specifically a senator in this instance, uh, I applaud him for doing that. And I'm grateful that he was able to use that document to guide uh, his decision. Uh, Another uh, bit of commentary made last night from the Senate floor came uh, from an unlikely source. And I say unlikely because Lindsey Graham has for so long been an ardent supporter and ally of the president. Now, you may say to yourself, as I play these words, uh, you you can't really excuse uh, the, the sycophancy of the past. Uh, just based on uh, your change of heart today. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, there are many who may find themselves in similar circumstances as Senator Graham, individuals who for now four years and more, if you count campaign time, finding themselves as intense supporters of President Trump. And after the events of yesterday, they may feel a change. They may feel uh, a shifting affection, to put it mildly, as they witness what unfolded yesterday in the capital of the United States. Lindsey Graham went through such a change. Here he is explaining it on the floor of the United States Senate. Trump and I, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it being this way. Oh, my God, I hate it. From my point of view, he's been a consequential president. But today, first thing you'll see, all I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough. I've tried to be helpful. But when the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled four to three that they didn't violate the Supreme, uh, the Constitution of Wisconsin, I agree with the three, but I accept the four. If Al Gore can accept five, four, he's not president. I can accept Wisconsin four to three. Pennsylvania, it went to the Second Circuit. So much for all the judges being in Trump's pocket. They said, no, you're wrong. I accept the Pennsylvania Second Circuit that Trump's lawsuit wasn't, wasn't right. Georgia, they said the Secretary of State took the law in his own hands. He changed the election laws unlawfully. A federal judge said no. I accept the federal judge even though I don't agree with it. Fraud. They said there's 66,000 people in Georgia under 18 voted. How many people believe that? I asked, give me 10. 
and had one. They said eight- time is tight. I don't have time to play for you the full remarks. I'd also like you to hear from Senator Romney, who spoke last night, as well as Senator Ben Sass. Uh, look him up and keep your eye on him. And if you have occasion later on in the day, uh, please do what you can to hear his full remarks delivered on the Senate floor just last night. Uh, he is a student of history. Uh, and when I say that, I don't just mean it the way I apply it to myself. Who I like history. No, no, no. Uh, this guy has dedicated his entire life uh, to learning history and now applying it uh, in the office of United States Senator. He's going places, uh, and I think he's worthy of our attention. And specifically, the words he shared on the floor of the Senate just last night are worthy uh, of our ears for the few minutes uh, his remarks lasted. We're going to take a quick break right now. Uh, earlier today, if you were listening, you heard from Utah Congressman Blake Moore, one of Utah's two newest congressmen. He represents Utah's first congressional district, and in his first week on the job, he had a pretty harrowing experience, which he explained on David Dejanovic's program earlier this morning. We're going to continue that conversation next after the break as Blake Moore, Representative Blake Moore, Congressman from Utah's 1st Congressional District, joins us next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.